Welcome to everybody who's connecting with us today across the Destiny family. Wherever you are seated in church this morning, in Edinburgh, in Aberdeen, in the city, wherever you may be, we welcome you today. We're going to have a great time together as we together as one. Also, I know there's many people online with us today, and today we have a special guest speaker who I'll introduce in a moment. Um, But we're live today with church online. And maybe you're on your own. Maybe you're sitting in your home. Maybe you're in a hospital bed. Maybe you're somewhere else really needing a miracle. I want to tell you that God is not held back by distance or geography. He can touch you right where you are. So you be totally expectant. We thank God for this special celebration with Her Majesty the Queen, 70 years on the throne. Isn't that remarkable? That is truly remarkable. And we have sung God Save the Queen so many times, she must be saved by now. And she has been a stalwart for faith, and we thank God for her. Today is also Pentecost Sunday when we remember that first outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but the same Jesus who filled people with the Holy Spirit then is alive today, filling people with the Holy Spirit right here, right now. And so wherever you are this morning, we're just delighted that you've been able to connect with us. Let me just also say this is the first Sunday of the month. We're already into June. Can you believe that? Where is this year going? And tonight, we have a very special moment. Once a month, we're doing this presently, which we've called Encounter. That's happening here in this location on the south side. And if you've never been to an encounter, maybe you're a city attender, maybe you're over in Edinburgh, maybe you're somewhere else, you really should come this evening. Come and join us. It's a moment when we just wait on God and look to see what he wants to do amongst us. And I'm delighted to say that Jonathan will be with us this evening also. And I know many people are bringing friends tonight. So if you've got neighbors, I just called my neighbor on my way to church this morning and I said, come on, you've got to come with me tonight. So they may. And we need to believe God that our friends and families are going to come to know Jesus. Amen. I'm going to read today's reading. And oftentimes our youth read the scriptures for us. In our meetings today, it's my privilege to do so. And we're reading from Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. And we're reading from the 25th verse. And a woman who had had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. After hearing about Jesus, came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garments, I shall get well. And immediately the flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the multitude pressing in on you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. God bless the reading of his word as we listen to it. It's my delight right now to welcome Jonathan Conrath to come and share with us. This is the first time I think we've had a visiting speaker since lockdown. And it's the first time that Jonathan's been with us at all. 
We've met on Zoom before today or this weekend. We had an amazing time yesterday uh, as we were taught about evangelism and reaching out. But already we feel he's been part of this family forever. He's been in ministry for well over 30 years, seen over a quarter of a million people come to know Jesus, seven people raised from the dead, traveled the world extensively, and runs a significant ministry, not only touching the planet, but raising up the next generation of evangelists and witnesses and disciple makers. He's brought some of his team with him. So Jonathan, we're delighted that you're here with us. Welcome to the whole Destiny family that's able to receive your message today. We're expectant. So let's welcome Jonathan Conrath as he comes to share with us. Thank you. Bless you. Wow. Well, thank you so much for such a warm welcome. It's great to be here in Scotland. And uh, just to say, Scotland has a very uh, special place in my heart because my wife and I had the majority of our courtship here. We got engaged here, not too far from this place, actually at Pollock House. On the bridge (laughs) is where I asked my beautiful wife whether she would marry me. And I was blown away when she said, of course. You know, I thought, <laughs> absolutely wonderful and uh, a great joy. And actually, we had our honeymoon up in the Trossachs. So, uh, so it's a place very dear to our heart. And uh, wonderful. Thank you so much for your warm welcome, Andrew and Sue and the leaders of Destiny. It's just a, a joy, a joy to be here today. I do want to say it's also a privilege to be here at the beginning of what I believe is a change of season. Uh, here in Scotland, a change of season, really in many ways all around the United Kingdom, but also in many ways a change of season for Destiny Churches. I submit this to you, but I believe actually, although it's very understandable at this time that just, you know, easing out of lockdown and everything, it's, it's quite easy to kind of, how can I say, um, slowly adjust back to things being normal again. But I actually have a sense in my heart that the Spirit of God is wanting you to, stay, to take a bit of a leap of faith forward into the future. One of the, one of the worst things to do, as it were, when God is bringing about a new day is to keep holding on to the old day. And, and actually, it's a new time. It's a new season. And it's time to believe what God is saying about you and what He is promising to you. I felt so... Stirred in my heart, bless you. I felt so stirred in my heart as I was praying for you this morning of that passage in Isaiah 54 where it actually says, enlarge the place of your dwelling. And you know, at a time when it would seem like, you know, Lord, it really we want to be a, a bit more like uh, securing our boundaries and being a bit more self-protective. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but actually the Lord knows there's a great harvest coming. It's harvest time. And so because of it, The Lord really wants to encourage you to go with him, to get in gear with him. Jesus is changing gears in Destiny Church. And and, and I was just reminded of that passage. I can't remember whether it's Elijah or Elisha, but one of them, um, they all did great miracles in God. And, you know, where he comes to the, the widow and she's very poor. And he says to her, he says, just pour out the last bit of all you've got into the next pot and gather a whole load of pots. And as, as you keep pouring the oil, as long as you keep providing more pots, the oil will keep flowing. And I, I just had that sense that this is, this is not a time for self-preservation. This is a time actually just to launch out afresh and enlarge. And as you do so and put everything back into place like it was pre-pandemic and start to look with faith to enlarge. And, and that means also ministry teams, people getting back to church, getting involved and just putting your hand to the plow as you do so. God is going to fill the vessel of his church and fill with people, with power, with provision and with increase. I believe it with all of my heart. So just submit that word to you and want to encourage you. But uh, wow, it's, it's amazing. People said to me, I mean, in England, of course, the, uh, you know, the pandemic, as it were, has been, well, you know, we've come out of lockdown a, a whole lot earlier. Um, you know, and some people have said to me, John, what was lockdown like for you? Now, I don't want to speak this, you know, in, in a way to be insensitive to anybody who's gone through suffering. 
because there's been a lot of, of suffering that people have gone through during lockdown. However, in the midst of that, I had an amazing lockdown. I, you know, I, I had to do everything on Zoom, but it was the first time for me in 34 years I was able to minister to the nations from my back shed in the garden and come out of there and then be with my family. It was amazing. But, you know, we saw so many people healed online by the power of God. Thousands, tens of thousands came to Jesus uh, in that process. And just a couple of testimonies of people online. I just, you know, we connected with a, uh, an African radio station that was connected with Rwanda, Uganda, the Congo. And, uh, and it was called Glory FM. Um, and I just sat in my shed, you know, connected up with Zoom, and then they would put it on radio. You know, within five months, 16,000 to come to the Lord. New churches were planted out of it. Um, I can remember, you know, just, here's just two of the miracles. But I can remember one of them, I came to the end of the message, I suddenly see a vision uh, in my spirit, in my, in my mind's eye for ease of communication. I see a picture of a young girl, just nine years old, who is paralyzed. And she's in a, in, in a sort of mud hut out in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, and the Lord just said to me, speak my word to her and she'll be healed right where she is. So I just said at that moment, there's somebody listening to this program right where you are. You're a young girl, you're nine years old, and you're paralyzed and you've been that way for a few years. But I just say to you now in the name of Jesus, get up and walk in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit's coming all over you and restoring life to you. Anyway, when the testimonies come back, this is the story. This is a young girl in the Congo out in a village. Um, she's there with her mum in a mud hut, but they've got a, a little radio and it's there two years before. She was bitten by a mosquito and got cerebral malaria. It's the worst kind you can get. And it had just knocked out her system. And so because of it, she was paralyzed and hadn't walked for two years. Her mum, in simple African faith, prayed, God took that radio while I was declaring it and put it on the head of her daughter and said receive it in Jesus name and the power of God went through her and the girl got up and walked around <laughs> hallelujah that is our Jesus that's our Jesus do you know and here's, a, here's another one and this is uh, this is a lady who was uh, married to a man who was deeply into witchcraft she gave, gave her life to Christ Listening, uh, just accidentally tuned into, the, into Glory FM, heard the gospel and gave her life to Jesus. Her husband was absolutely furious and he went to the witch doctor and paid him to curse his wife. Can you imagine such a thing? But the result of this is that she was struck down with elephantitis, something we don't see a lot of in this country. But she was in terrible pain, could barely move and her legs was really swelled up like this. And Anyway... Um, her husband refused to let her listen to Glory FM or anything like that. By this time, they were calling it in East Africa uh, the radio revival. And uh, amazing things are going on with it. Um, and so anyway, she went from house to house begging neighbors uh, to let her listen to the programs. And no one would let her listen to the programs. They were afraid of her husband and the witch doctor. Eventually, she managed to climb up a hill through much pain. And she went to a different village. And then somebody said, yes, you can listen to it. And they put her up outside. And a lot of the village gathered around outside the hut while I'm preaching from my, from my hut in the back garden in Lincoln. Lincolnshire <laughs> and, uh, and there we are and I suddenly start to pray and I say Lord I come against the curses of witchcraft I break the power in the name of Jesus Christ and I'm saying this and in front of most of the village gathered around her legs shrink and come back to normal size and everybody gives their life to Christ amazing I just want to share that for this reason is that when we talk about miracles, miracles are God's business. Let me just say that right now. There's only one healer here and his name's Jesus. Nobody here is a healer except him. He's the only healer, deserves all the praise and all the glory. But there is great power in the word of King Jesus. And when his word goes forth, there is healing in the word. Psalm 107 verse 20 says, he sent his word and it healed them and delivered them from their destructions. 
And the Word of God is not limited by time or space. So you may be watching this, as Andrew was saying earlier, you might be in a hospital bed right now, but the power of the Word of God can literally meet with you because Jesus is where you are. He's by your bedside. He's at your home. He's in the car where you are. He's wherever you're seated in whatever building you are amongst the Destiny churches or if you're watching on Facebook, online or whatever. Jesus is where you are and the Word of God will come to you where you are. Receive it. Open up your heart and say, Lord, I receive your Word and Jesus will meet with you where you are. You can be healed well before we even pray. Sometimes we just have these moments where we go to pray for people and they're standing there suddenly say, you don't have to pray. It's happened already. And Jesus has touched them by his word. He's here. He really is. That was just, can I just pray for a moment and then I want to get into the word. As we've heard from Mark chapter five, I want to talk to you about faith this morning and particularly faith for healing, but you can apply the same principles across the board for whatever your need may be in your life today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your presence amongst us here. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we don't serve a, uh, a God who is dead. We thank you that it didn't all end at the cross. But we thank you that three days later that you rose physically from the dead. And Lord, you ascended back to the Father. And here as we celebrate this great Pentecost day, we remember how you poured out the Holy Spirit with great power on that day. And you are present amongst us, Lord in this place, Father, and all around this great nation, wherever people are, are viewing this message today. We thank you, you are present amongst us. And Lord, we pray that in your great faithfulness and mercy, that you would stretch out your hand to heal, to touch people online with your power, to set them free. Let tumors die in Jesus' name. Let cancers be healed. Father, let blind eyes be opened and deaf ears unstopped. Father God, we pray that you would, Lord, that you would dissolve kidney stones and gallbladder stones. And Father God, so many different things, blood disorders and so many different things that people are going through, whether there have been cycles of depression and mental health issues. We pray that you would deliver people and set them free and fill them with your joy. And Lord, as they take upon themselves the garment of praise. Father, we thank you for all that you're going to do amongst us this morning. And we pray, Lord, most of all, that not one person listening and not one person amongst us would leave this place or this viewing without the joy of forgiveness and the certainty of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know, one of the great realities of God's promises is that they are for everyone. How encouraging is that? They really are for everyone. Acts 2.21 says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I think we're all familiar with this word salvation. Uh, sozo or soteria in the, in, in the Greek. The New Testament was written in Greek. And that word salvation literally translated means healing and deliverance and wholeness and freedom from apprehension and fear. It's a full orb salvation to meet every need of life. And it's found in Christ. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. You can have religion but not have life. You can have some very helpful principles to help you along life's way. But without a relationship with the Son of God, you don't have life. See, the Greeks, they had two different words for life. Well, one of them, it described a kind of life that everyone here has. And that word was bios. We get the word like biology or biological from it. It talks about physical life. And we've all got that kind of life. But there's another word that is also used in the New Testament for life. And that word is zoe. And that's the word that Jesus used when he talked about eternal life. Uh, when he said in John 10.10, 10, he said, The Son has come, he said, that you may have life and have it in all its fullness. It literally means life as God has it. And when we receive God's word and when we receive Christ, it's his life. When his life comes into our life, it changes us. We're made new on the inside. We become new creations in Christ. And uh, that old sinful, you know, uh, Adamic life, as it were, on the inside that was binding us is broken. And we're, we're brought alive in Christ to be made new people. It touches us and it heals our bodies. It restores us. It renews our minds. All of these things happen when we encounter Jesus Christ. It says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If anyone is sick 
Let them call for the elders of the church and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. Everyone who asks and keeps on asking receives. Matthew 7 and verse 8. How encouraging it is. But you see, well, everything God gives us, he gives us by grace and we receive it by faith. And faith is given to us by God through the word of God and by the spirit of God. It really would be rather indecent, wouldn't it? An unkind of God to demand us to have faith and then not provide the means for us to have it. But he does give us the means to have it. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So this is the thing. Faith is coming to you right now because the word is coming to you. And when the word comes to you, faith comes to you. So receive the word and then act on the word, which really is faith. And that releases the supply. It's like it turns on the tap of God's power in your life that releases miracles. So that's wonderful. Ephesians 2 verse 6 to 8 tells us we are saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. Faith is pretty important, isn't it? We're saved by grace and faith. Romans 12 and verse 3 tells us that each one of us has a measure of faith given to us for the calling with which he's called us for the place that he wants us to fulfill in his church. In Romans 1 verse 17, it tells us we live by faith. It actually translated means also we recover health by faith. We breathe, we're animated, we're alive by faith. Tremendous. The shield of faith quenches every fiery dart of the evil one. We overcome the world by faith, the scripture says. I don't know about you, it sounds like it's pretty important. (laughs) So we need to be a people of faith. And then the amazing thing is, of course, if we read this story about this woman, you remember it's not a kind of story from a storybook. It's prefer, I prefer to call it what it really is, an accurate historical account of a woman who was desperate. She'd done everything she had. She put all of her money to help for the medical world to help her. And we're not against the medical world. Thank God for all that the doctors do. But you know, there are no limits with Dr. Jesus. And you can't overdose on God's medicine. (laughs) All it'll do is do you good. So here's the thing. It's so good to know that with all these accounts and testimonies, God shows no favoritism. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's here. So look, what I want to do is I want to just show, to share with us together right now, just five simple points that help us to exercise our faith, to receive it and to exercise it, to receive the miracle that we need from Jesus. And we see them in in the life of this woman in the way she received a miracle from God. So here we go. Let's look at these simple things that are very clear from this account. Number one, she heard. She heard. I love the testimonies of the miracles of Jesus. When you go through the Gospels, what you find is very often the stories of the miracles Jesus did begin with a testimony of a hopeless situation. Somebody who's blind, somebody who is disabled, somebody who is tormented by the demonic and oppressed, maybe even suicidal. Whatever it is, you find these hopeless situations. They're really at the end of the road. And then the the whole turning point of the story is this. They heard about Jesus. And what you hear about Jesus is so important because faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so what do you believe about Jesus? Who do you say that he is? I want you to know what the Bible says about Jesus. He is the son of God. He is the way. He's not a way. He is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. And no one comes to the father except by him. He is the great shepherd. He is the Lord, our peace. He is our healer and our deliverer and our provider. He is the resurrection and the life. And all who call on his name will be saved. There really is power in the name of Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood heard about Jesus. What did she hear? How do we know what she heard that caused her to do what she did? You really know that someone has got faith in their heart because real faith leads to action. She must have heard something because it made her get up under Jewish law. She was locked in a house and she was not allowed to be in a public place. 
She was considered to be ceremonially unclean. And if anyone, if she touched anybody, then they would be unclean. The amazing thing is under the grace of God, you know, when she touched Jesus, it didn't make Jesus unclean, it made her clean. <laughs> and that's the power of God and a wonderful thing. But, you know, she would have been, must have been sitting in her house locked up in despair and someone must have told her about Jesus. Now we know that because two chapters earlier in Mark chapter 3 verse 10, it tells us that crowds were gathered around Jesus and everyone was touching the hem of his garment. Everyone was trying to touch him and everyone who touched him was healed. And so somebody must have said, you know, there's a guy called Jesus. He's going around, a great rabbi. And everyone who touches him gets healed. She must have been thinking about this, the story going on. on this, until as it did, faith was born in her heart and it gave birth to action. And she stepped out and did it. And when, as she did, she encountered the power of God. Faith really begins, you know, where the will of God is known, doesn't it? It really does. That's how it that's how it operates. Jesus is God's will expressed. In John 14, verse 10 and 11, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if you want to know what God is like, take a good long look at Jesus. I don't know if you had a great dad, a great earthly dad. You know, 46% of marriages, I don't know about Scotland, but in England, 46% of marriages are finished in the first five years. 29% in the first three. And that causes, there's a whole generation growing up who don't know who dad is and, and dad left or dad abused me and all of that. It's amazing. Nearly 99% of all male prisoners in our prison system come from a broken home. It doesn't follow if you're from a broken home, you end up in prison, of course. But nonetheless, it's a real, it's a major, major issue. And there's a lot of people with brokenness in their hearts and lives because of this issue. But I want to say to you today, you know, God is not like a father. God is a father and a very good father. And he loves you. And if you want to know what he's really like, take a good long look at Jesus. He received people. He forgave. He loved. He healed. He restored. And everyone who came to him in faith, they received a miracle from him. So, you know, it really is. It's powerful. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And we see Jesus, who is God's will expressed. Everyone who's coming to him is getting healed by the power of God. I can remember years ago, uh, back in, in 2005, ministering in Mexico and Hurricane Katrina uh, that, that absolutely ripped up so much, uh, caused so much trouble in Florida, actually was much more powerful when it hit Mexico before it ever hit Florida. And I was at 34,000 feet in the air in a plane when it hit. And I tell you what, we were bobbing along like a cork on a, <laughs> it was just, um, that plane was being thrown around everywhere and they had to take us to a different part of Mexico to get us away from that and, uh, and anyway it's a whole big story but eventually when we got to the place we were going to be doing an evangelistic crusade uh, over their big mission um, you know there were pylons down there was water up to your knee going down the streets there were houses devastated but I remember the first night what was supposed to be a crowd of thousands only 600 people turned up because of how difficult it was to get to the meeting but you know, uh, I preached the gospel, hundreds came forward to give their life to Jesus. And then suddenly I, I, I see there's television cameras there and there's suddenly it's a big platform like this and the guys are going like this. So I thought, what's going on there? And I, I had given out a word of knowledge saying there's a young man here, you've got one leg shorter than the other and the Lord just says you step out and your leg will grow. And, uh, and then I carried on praying and and suddenly I'm looking down and the guy's going like this. And so I lean over to see what's happened. And I see a mum who has taken off this, this caliper. Have you ever seen these things? It's like a big built up shoe like this. And uh, this isn't the fisherman's tail, by the way. It really was like this. And, and connected to the big built up shoe was a metal caliper coming up the side of the leg and there was leather strapping it around here. And she had taken it off her nine-year-old boy. And he's standing there like this. With, you know, with just one leg there, like he's just balancing. And she's saying to him, come, come, like this, and acting on the word I've just spoken. And as God is my witness, I would never lie to you. But at that moment, I saw something about the boy. The boy, boy's leg is not only short, it's twisted. So it's like this, and it's like this. And suddenly the little boy, as the words of his mum say, come, he steps out, and when he does, the leg just 
untwisted and grew straight out. And suddenly he starts jumping and he's jumping around and he comes up to the platform and he's jumping around and rejoicing. The mum comes up, tears pouring down. And so I interview her and I said, what happened to your boy? And she said, she said, pastor, pastor, she said, years ago, I loved Jesus. I, I used to go to church. I followed the Lord, but I was desperate to be married. I married a non-Christian man. He, he said that he would go to church with me when we got married. Haven't we heard that story so many times? And then she said he, he didn't. And Life became really difficult. So we had a little boy and we thought that everything would be fine and he would bring us together. She said everything was fine until he turned five and suddenly he kept tripping over and tripping over. We took him to hospital and they examined him. They said he has a wasting disease in the bone. There's nothing we can do about it. And they said we spent all the money we had. It was just like this account with the woman with the issue of blood. And he said, but things just got worse until he had this big built up shoe and his leg twisted and all of this. And she said, but during the storm, I heard faintly through the radio. She said, we live miles away. But I heard from the radio this statement coming out. He said, miracles expected, come to this. And she said, I said to God, I said, God, I'm going to take my boy to that meeting. And if you heal him, I'll give you my life for the rest of my days. She said, we've gone through rivers. We've climbed over fallen trees, but we got here. And she said, and Jesus has answered my prayer. And I'm giving my life back to him for the rest of my days. A wonderful testimony. But you see, deliverance is for the desperate. That's important, isn't it? Deliverance is for the desperate. We really live with what we tolerate. And I want to encourage you to press into faith, to hear the Word and to act on the Word. So number one, she heard. Number two, she knew. She became, the more she thought about God's promise, she became convinced and assured in her heart that what she had heard about Jesus, he wouldn't just do for others, he would do for her. And she started to believe and convinced enough in her heart that there would be a better outcome for her life. Romans chapter 4, verse 18 to 22 tells us about Abraham, that as he considered the promise of God, as he meditated on the promise of God, his heart became assured and convinced, and he gave glory to God, and thus he became a father of many nations, just as God had promised him. There comes a point when we are listening to the Word of God as we hear it and hear it and hear it, that faith is truly born. Our hearts become convinced and established established in our heart. That's a really important point, an important place to get to in our lives. I always say to people, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And if you didn't get faith from what you heard, there's only two conclusions. Either it wasn't God's Word or you didn't hear it. Because it's impossible for faith not to come if you truly hear the Word of God. And there's hearing with your ears and hearing with your heart. And you have to give your full attention to the word for it to drop from your head to your heart and then create faith in you. So I encourage you to keep hearing and listening. This, can be, this process can be instant and it can be progressive. Proverbs 4, 20 to 23 tells us that God's word is medicine to all of our flesh. And so we need to keep hearing it and keep receiving it. I actually got healed from malaria that way. Years ago, I got malaria out in Kenya. I was on all the medications. But you know these mosquitoes, they have an amazing ability to adapt. <laughs> and, uh, and I got bitten. I got home and I was really in a bad way. Soaring temperature, then freezing cold, then minor convulsions. The doctors came. They wanted to take me into the London Trotwell Hospital uh, you know, in, in, uh, in London, a medical place. And so I was going to go in there and... But I, I thought to myself, I don't have time to be sick. I've got another mission to go to. So, so I, I started to listen to the Word, and I kept listening to the healing Scriptures. I got a, tells you how long ago it was. It was a tape. Do you remember those things? But it was a tape with the healing Scriptures on, and I listened, and I listened, and I listened, until there came a moment where, where one of the promises of God came alive on the inside of me. It was that James 5.16, to call the elders of the church. So I called the elders of our church and I said, guys, I've got malaria. Doc wants to take me to hospital. I don't have time. I'm sweating. I'm in a bad way, but I'm coming to get healed. I said, do you have another elder around there? I was really trying to do it right to the dot. And they said, yes, we do. I said, great. Do you have a bottle of oil there? I said, good. I said, yes. I said, right, I'm coming to get healed. 
I went around there. They were just about to put it on me. I said, there's one more condition. They said, what's that? Do you believe I'm going to be healed? When you put the oil on me, because it's the prayer of faith, not the prayer of hope so, that heals the sick. So they said, we do. I said, good, put the oil on me. I remember as the oil touched my head, I physically felt the fever go out through my feet and I've never had it again. I was totally healed. Thank God. So look, she heard something, she knew something. An important thing too is she said something. She said to herself, if I may only touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. So in some respects, she even set the time of her own healing. She said, when I touch, that's the moment I'm going to receive. And I can't stress the importance of this enough to you. You know, today when you come for prayer, or when we pray online here, either way, you need to start saying to God in your heart, when they pray for me, or when John prays at that moment, I'm going to put my hand on my body, and based on the promise of God, they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. At that moment, my healing begins. I take my healing then. I receive it right at that moment. And that's really important to take that to your heart. Say something. Agree with God. Do you know the word confess? A lot of times we quote it as meaning to say the same thing. And there is truth in that. But actually the background of it is the Greek legal system. And it meant to sign a contract. Do you know that your words have the power of life and death? Proverbs 18.21. Be careful what you sign a spiritual contract with in your life. When you start saying, it's hopeless, it can never change. Beware what you are inviting into your life. You want to agree with the word of God. You know, Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God looks for people on earth who will agree with heaven. That becomes a channel for heaven to be manifest on the earth. He's looking for your agreement today. God has done everything for us through the cross. Forgiveness of sins, healing for the body, freedom. Jesus paid it all. But we've got to align now. It's part of repentance. Repentance of faith are power twins. They belong together. I'm going to agree with God now. Bring my life into order with what he says. And his grace will come to work in my life and transform me. Well, glory to God. She said something. You know, I just want to say this, faith does have a voice. It's what Jesus taught us, didn't he, about faith. Mark 11, 23, he says, speak to the mountain, have faith in God. And truly I say to you, anyone who speaks to the mountain and commands it to move and believes that what he says will come to pass, he'll have what he says. That's very powerful. In some respects, we could say faith is voice activated. <laughs> it's true. It really is. Jesus spoke to the dead man and said, come forth. And Lazarus came forth. He spoke to the sick and said, be healed. And they were healed. He commanded demons to come out. He commanded the storm to be still. Faith is voice activated and reveals, releases the power of God and also releases the salvation of God into our lives. Everyone needs forgiveness. We've all sinned. We all need forgiveness of sin, don't we? And we all need that. I was actually once in a meeting where a friend of mine was preaching. I wasn't the preacher, but he was a, a great evangelist and he was there and he just wanted to make the point. So he just said to the quite large congregation, it's true that the Bible testifies all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we all need to be saved. He said, it's easy to prove. Is there anyone here who's never sinned in thought, word or deed? And there was a guy in his 40s at the back who stuck his hand up. So my friend looked at him and for a moment, a little surprised. I said, so sir, you're honestly telling me you've never sinned in thought, word or deed. He said, yes, I want you to know. He said, that's absolutely true. I've lived a perfect life and I need no forgiveness. And my preacher friend is very quick. So he said, wow, that's quite something. Well, congratulations, sir. Just one question. I, I guess you must be very proud of that. He said, oh, very. So thank you, sir. That's your first sin. I'll see you down the front at the end. <laughs> but, but the truth about it is he was a little too clever for his own, his own good. We've all sinned. 
is the testimony of God. And of course, the wages of sin is death and hell. That's not good news. We don't want to end up there. But the good news of the gospel is that Christ died for our sins, paying the penalty for us. And thank God for that. This is grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. He's risen from the dead. And the Bible says the way we receive that is by believing in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confessing with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. Wonderful. She did something, number four. Faith without corresponding action is dead. James 2 verse 17. Faith, real living faith, has corresponding action and releases the power of God to work in our lives. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Jesus said to the man with the withered arm, stretch out your hand. And as he did it, it became whole. It's the physical action releases the supernatural miracle. I want to encourage you today, for some of you, that's going to be very important. I want to close really with number five. She received her miracle. And Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Go in peace or go into peace and be healed of your affliction. Just as I wrap this up, I want to say not all healing is instant. Some healing is progressive. And that's why the Bible says in Hebrews 6, verse 11 and 12, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. I really just want to close with a, it's a closing story and then we're going to pray. We're going to pray first of all for the greatest miracle of all, which is to be forgiven of sin and receive a new life, to become a child of God and know for sure heaven is our eternal home. And we can all have that today if we'll accept God's gracious gift in Christ. And after that, we're going to pray also for healing. But let me just share this testimony with you as an encouragement. I was ministering in Vancouver in Canada. And many people were coming to Christ night after night. The crowds were growing. Jesus was doing miracles. And people were getting saved. And it was a wonderful time. But I remember on about the third night in, um, as we're praying for people, the front is packed full of people who are there for prayer. And suddenly, a woman in her early 30s pushes through the crowd, she grabs my hand, she pulls me to herself and puts my hand on her left ear. And I, really, I just kind of, I didn't know what she's doing. So I, so, you know, anyway, she, I just, hey, 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 what, what's going on? And she just says to me, look, she said, I don't know what it is. I've just, I've got faith to be healed tonight. I'm deaf in my left ear and I just believe I'll be healed. I said, well, great, so do I. Come on, let's pray. And I'm just about to pray for it. She says, look, you don't understand. She says, um, and this didn't really help me. Her next one, she said, I've been prayed for by T.L. Osborne, by Oral Roberts, by all these great heroes of faith of mine. You know, it wasn't really helping my faith. So I said, I think we shouldn't talk anymore about all that. <laughs> I said, the good news is Jesus is the healer. So let's just fix our eyes on him. I said, come on, let's pray. I put my hand and I prayed for her. And the Lord faithfully opened her ear. Well, she could hear everything perfectly. Suddenly she runs to the back and she gets out her mobile phone. She comes back and she starts phoning someone. I mean, she just took over the meeting, you know, and, and she puts it on loudspeaker and I don't know what she's doing now. And then she says, um, I said, well, what are you doing? She says, you don't understand. She said, when I was three years old, I had cancer in the left ear. And in order to stop the cancer going into my brain and killing me, she said, the surgeons literally cut out the whole of my inner ear. She said, I actually have nothing to hear with at all. I have a complete hole in the ear, but I'm hearing perfectly. I said, that's wonderful. That's a creative miracle. She said, yes, it is. She said, but here's the point, And this is why I'm phoning. I'm phoning my dad. He's a pastor in the States. Because when I came out of the operation, he and my mum promised me at 10 o'clock every night, they would pray for me until God restored my hearing. She said, it's been 29 years. And look, it's 10 o'clock and God's done it, I'm phoning my dad. I said, Madam, the floor is yours, go ahead. You know, well, uh, I'll never forget it. He picked up the phone, you could tell by his tone, he was a godly man, and he just, and he said, hello, can I help? He said, Dad, he said, I'm, I'm in a meeting in Vancouver. He said, sweetheart, what are you phoning us at this time for? Well, she said, it's 10 o'clock, Dad. Aren't you and Mum getting down on your knees to pray for me as you normally do? And he said, well, yes, we were just about to do that. And he said, Dad, I'm listening to you with my left ear. He suddenly goes very quiet. He says, really? Really? He says, yes, Dad. God has answered your prayer. I'm healed. 
And at that moment, suddenly 29 years of emotion came out at the end of the phone as tears were shed and then shouts of praise to God. And there wasn't a dry eye in the house, including my own. But I walked away from that meeting thinking to myself, I wonder what would have happened if they would have given up after five years, 10 years, 15 years. You know something? I think it's, oh, I can't remember the name of the guy, but one great author on prayer makes this comment. He says, sometimes our problem is that we're into microwaving and God's into marinating. <laughs> but what I want to say, I think it's Dutch Sheets and his great book on intercessory prayer. But I do want to say this to us, that, that actually that's why the Bible says, pray and don't give up. So I want to encourage you today. Maybe you've prayed before and you haven't yet had your breakthrough. Keep coming. The literal translation of Jesus' words, ask and you shall receive, is ask and keep on asking and you will receive. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be opened unto you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. It's the promise of God. But right now, we're going to go for this most powerful miracle of all, the greatest promise of all. If you believe, notice how personal this is. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to pray a prayer right now that I prayed when I became a Christian. And Jesus came into my life and changed me and saved me. And if you've never ever prayed to ask Christ into your life, you may have gone to church, but as somebody said, this is as old as the hills. They say it's got whiskers on it. But let me just say this to you. You know, you can go to McDonald's. It doesn't make you a hamburger. <laughs> you can go to a, a garage and it doesn't make you a car. And going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Just being sprinkled as a baby or taking the Holy Communion. The real issue is living faith. Eternal life is a relationship with God. Are you sure that you have that relationship, that your sins are forgiven, you're going to heaven? If you don't have it, you need to pray this prayer with me right now and ask Christ into your life. If you've been away from the Lord, a bit like the prodigal, come back to him with this prayer. And everybody else, let's pray it to support those who need to for a first time or recommitment to Christ. Can I ask us all, just out of respect for God, for a few moments, just to bow our heads and close our eyes in the presence of God. I will say this prayer line by line and give us a few moments to repeat the words, but really make them your own, because this is you and Jesus at this moment. Let's say this to the Lord together. Lord Jesus. Let's all say it, and if you're online, say it too, right where you are. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me, that you died for my sins, and rose from the dead. Today, Lord, I make a decision. A decision that defines the rest of my life. I choose to turn my back on sin. And to follow you. I believe you're risen from the dead. I boldly confess that Jesus is Lord. And I will love you and serve you as long as I live. Come into my heart. Save me. Change me. Make me the person you created me to be. I thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now look, without anybody else looking around at this moment, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. So it's absolutely vital we make a public response to Christ. We really need to tell someone we've given our life to Jesus, but it's a good first step. I'm going to ask, I'm going to count down to three. And when I get to the number three, that's going to be your signal just to raise your hand like this and say, yes, that's me. And here in the presence of God, you're saying to the Lord, I prayed that prayer, I meant it. And you're declaring that before other people. I'm receiving Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I'm standing here as a witness to you. Here we go. Are we ready? When I say to the number three, just raise your hand. If you prayed that prayer for a first time, or a recommitment to Christ. And maybe right where you are online or in any of the other congregations, do exactly the same. Here we go. One, two, three. Just do that right now, if that's you. Anybody like that, put your hand right up where we can see it. God bless you, young man. God bless you, sir. Anybody else? You're saying yes to Jesus for a first time or a recommitment. Let me just ask you one more time. There's another there. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Anybody else? 
God bless you, madam. That's great. Anyone else? Let me just say this is so important. Just think about this. If this is the last time you hear the gospel, are you making the right decision? This is absolutely vital that you do so. All right. God bless you, sir. Very interesting. Lots of men responding today. As well. Anybody else who needs to respond, please join these others right now, and we're going to pray. Okay. I'm going to ask right now, if, you, if we could stand together here in the presence of God, I'm going to ask the worship team for a moment to, to come forward. And everybody who raised your hand or knows that you should have done, I'm going to ask you to really take a bold step at this moment to go all the way with Christ. And whether it's a first time or a recommitment of your life to the Lord, can you leave where you're standing or sitting and come right to the front here and join me? And we're going to pray together right now. So please just come. Sarah at the back and others too who raise your hand, just come in Jesus' name. Just come. Just come. God bless you, sir. Well done. Well done. Just come. Come, sir. Come. In Jesus' name. Just come now. God bless you. Well done, mate. Well done. I honour you. That takes great courage. Bless you, mate. Bless you. Well done, sir. Well done. God bless you. Well done, mate. That's tremendous. Well done. Well done, madam. God bless you. Hey, well done, love. God bless you now. Anybody else who needs to come, you raise your hand or you know that you should have done, just come quickly. We'll wait on you. God bless you. You're coming, fella? Do you need to come? You're all right. That's fine. God bless. Anybody else needs to come? Okay, look, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count down to three. And if you need to be down here at the front, come and join me. All right, are we ready? One, two, three. Okay, that's it. I'm going to ask right now for a lady to come to minister to this lady here. And I need two fellas here. That'd be brilliant. For some of you, I understand this might be a recommitment of your life to the Lord. I imagine this probably is. Is this a recommitment? A recommitment. And this is a recommitment of your life to Jesus, ma'am, yes? Yeah, young sir, is this a, a recommitment of your life to Jesus or a first time? Is this a first time or a recommitment? A recommitment of your life. God bless you, that's great. Okay, can we just stretch out a hand and pray for these, these beautiful people here? I'm just going to ask then for those who come forward to prayer just to, just to take them to the side for a moment and pray for them together. Father, thank you so much for these four gentlemen and this lady who are responding to you, Lord. They're our brothers and our sister, their family. We thank you for each one of them. And for everyone online who made the decision to receive Christ or to come back to the Lord, we bless you and receive you in Jesus' name as the Father has received us. We thank you. Lord, for your hand upon their lives and on each life who's watching. I pray today in the name of Jesus, a breaking off of the influence of the enemy from every life here and everyone watching in the name of Jesus. I pray right now that you would fill each one with the Holy Spirit. And Father, that you would just reignite their passion for God. Lord, that you would just assure them deep on the inside of eternal life and the reality that their sins are forgiven that God is their father, that they are your sons and daughter, and that heaven is their eternal home. Lord, I pray today as they put their hand back on the plow that they'll never look back again, but they'll go on with you. We thank you for your promise that the work you've begun in them, that you'll continue it until that final day. We bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If, if you're online with us at this moment in time, if you're on the church online platform, you'll see a tab which says request prayer. If you click that tab, there's a pastor online, he'll be with you right this second. And if you're on YouTube or Facebook, get on the chat, you'll see a link, click the link, there are pastors online right now, and they'll be right with you right this moment. Amen, that's great. So guys, God bless you. I wonder if the, the team could just take them to the side. It's a huge privilege to pray for you today. God bless you now.